0: This is the sermon podcast of Lord of Life Lutheran Church in Columbus, Ohio, where we proclaim God's extravagant grace, radical inclusion, and relentless compassion. Join us for worship Sundays at 8 a.m., 9 a.m., or 1115 a.m. For more information, please visit our website at www.acceptingall.com. The Holy Gospel according to St. Matthew, portions of the ninth and 10th chapter. Jesus went about all the cities and villages, teaching in their synagogues and proclaiming the good news of the kingdom and curing every disease and every sickness. When he saw the crowds, he had compassion for them, because they were harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. Then he said to his disciples, the harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few Therefore ask the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest. Then Jesus summoned his twelve disciples and gave them authority over unclean spirits to cast them out and to cure every disease and every sickness. Now these are the names of the twelve. First, Simon, also known as Peter, and his brother Andrew. James, the son of Zebedee, and his brother John. Philip and Bartholomew, Thomas and Matthew, the tax collector, James, the son of Alphaeus, and Thaddeus, Simon the Canaan, and Judas Iscariot, the one who betrayed him. These twelve Jesus sent out with the following instructions Go nowhere among the Gentiles, and enter no town of the Samaritans. Go rather the lost sheep of the house of Israel and as you go proclaim the good news the kingdom of heaven has come near cure the sick raise the dead cleanse the lepers cast out demons you received without payment now give without payment the gospel of our Lord I greet you in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ Amen. Let's begin our sermon this morning with a question. And the question is simply this What is it that moves you to tears? What is it in this world that is guaranteed to make you cry? Maybe it's a Hallmark greeting card or a Hallmark commercial. Isn't it amazing how a 30 second spot and you're a blubbing, you're blubbering idiot at the end of the 30 seconds? Maybe it's a Walt Disney movie or a story that has a happy ending. Maybe it's attending a wedding and hear the I do's. Maybe it's singing a particular hymn or song that moves you to tears. Maybe it's receiving a gift or a card from a dear friend. Or a cherished visit by a friend. Or maybe it's the memory of a loved one that brings you to tears. Or watching children play or sing a song. Now I imagine that all of us have one thing or another that will move us and bring us to tears. My wife and my children, they make fun of me because I seemingly move to tears so easily. They have a nickname for me. You know what they call me? The Weeper. (laughs) Oh, Dad, you're such a weeper. (laughs) But you know what it is that moves me to tears more than anything else? It's stories with examples of compassion. I really get choked up watching a TV show or a movie or reading a book That tells the story of somebody who is in great need, and the masses come to the rescue. That will bring me to tears every time. I don't know how many of you are inclined to watch the CBS Evening News, but that is my news of choice in the evenings, and I can guarantee you every Friday night at 6.55 p.m., Steve Hartman does his segment, On the Road, and at the end of that five-minute segment, I'm always in tears as he tells his stories about compassion. I can remember years back watching the movie A Pocket Full of Miracles when even a mobster is moved to help Apple Annie in her plate. And I can never watch It's a Wonderful Life without becoming a blubbering idiot when George Bailey is rescued by his entire community. Stories of compassion watching our children line up and go through those lines, filling buddy bags with tears in my eyes. So what's your response when you see people in need? Our gospel reading this morning tells the story of how Jesus is going from town to town. He's teaching, he's preaching, and he is healing people. Wherever he went, as he went, he encountered people in need. Matthew records it this way. Matthew says, At the sight of the crowds, his heart was moved to pity. Another version said it was filled with compassion. For they were troubled and abandoned. Another verse says, harassed and helpless. They were like sheep without a shepherd. Now, sheep without a shepherd in the Judean wilderness are not going to last very long. They will languish, they will perish, or they will be devoured by wild animals. Matthew says everywhere Jesus goes, the picture is the same. The faces may be different, but the picture is the same. People in overwhelming numbers are in need. They are in need of God's love and grace. They are in need of God's help. They are in need of God's forgiveness. They are in need of another chance of acceptance and reconciliation and community. They are in need of peace and a measure of justice. People too many to count, and people far too numerous for one person to respond to. Jesus, one person, he couldn't do it all himself. He said to his followers, The harvest is abundant but the laborers, they're so few. So ask the master of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest. I think it's more than interesting that Jesus sees these people in need and he looks at them as an opportunity. He sees them as an asset. He calls them his harvest. Now let's be honest. Some of us at some times in life, can look at others in need and see only a disruption. riff raff, Sinners by their own choice. People too dirty to get involved with. The last parish I served, Galilee Church in Russell's Point, I was there for 14 years. On two sides of the parish, we were surrounded by government housing projects. In other words, we were surrounded by the poor. And uh, the local newspaper would always carry the city beat and the county beat as far as police activity. And there wasn't a day that went by. There weren't police cars and sheriff's deputies cars in that neighborhood. It's the kind of neighborhood it was. And I have to say for the first few years I was there, that congregation saw that community and feared it. We did not connect with that community at all. It took us years to begin to see that as our mission field and to connect with them, and to see them as our friends. Jesus looked at such people in need, and he says, the harvest is abundant. In other words, these people are my task. These are my Father's concern. It's why I'm here. They need me. They are like sheep without a shepherd. And there's so many of them. The opportunity here is great. The opportunity to do good, to affect people's lives with the love and presence of God, it's absolutely tremendous. The harvest is abundant, but the laborers, they're so few. Now, our inclination might be to despair. What can I do in the midst of all of this need? But not Jesus. There's a simple solution to this pray to God. Ask the master of the harvest to send out more laborers for his harvest. God will provide. Ask God to. And then he summons the (laughs) twelve. I'm nabbing you. What a wonderful example for us, the church. When we, as followers of Christ, begin to feel overwhelmed with the task and the need presented to us, when we feel that there's more to do than we can possibly imagine doing ourselves, turn to God. Ask God for help. And God will provide laborers. Said one wise person, when confronted with darkness, he says, I can either curse the darkness or I can light a candle. Seize the opportunity rather than despair at the moment. And that's exactly what Jesus does. He was moved to compassion time and again. He could not look at a person in need and not feel compassion for them. And he responds himself, setting for us an example. And then he asks God to send out more, to provide more people to respond. Starting with Jesus, one person who commissions 12 more who in turn commission, train, and equip others. Down through the centuries, the church has grown to millions who, like Christ, are moved to compassion at people in need and who then disseminate the love and grace that we have received in myriad ways. We do it countless ways here at Lord of Life and we are just one congregation. Multiply that. This is what we are about. We who have been at the receiving end of God's mercy and grace, we are called and we are sent out to share that same mercy and grace that we have received with others. Now, the question arises, but to who? And where? And again, Jesus sets the example. When he sends out the twelve, he says to them, don't go to any pagan territory. Don't enter a Samaritan village. I want you to go to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. Now, initially, that may sound on the surface to be a bit harsh, maybe even exclusive. But I don't think that's how Jesus means it or intends it at all. One has to begin somewhere. And it's Jesus' way of saying, start right here. You need look no further. There are people here in your midst that need love and grace, and you don't need to be sneaking out from underneath that looking somewhere else. Start right here with the lost sheep of the house of Israel. Here is your task. Here is your assignment right here in front of you. These are your brothers and sisters in need. Now I might put it this way. Being honest, There are some people who don't move me and who don't move us to heartfelt compassion and tears. Nonetheless, they are greatly in need of God's love and grace and reconciliation. Some people instead move me and move us to anger and resentment, pride, jealousy, maybe even contempt. And sometimes these people are the people who are closest to us our working companions, somebody in our own neighborhood, people in our own community, perhaps politicians, perhaps it's somebody in our own church body, or maybe even somebody in our own family existing under our own roof, people who bring out the worst in us instead of the best. We don't need to go looking elsewhere to show the love of God when it's needed in the immediacy of our own family, church, and community. We are first called to show the reconciling love of God within our own unique circles of influence. I don't think Jesus meant that his followers were to disregard those beyond Israel's borders. I think he was just saying, here's your starting point. Get your own house in order first. Likewise, I don't think Jesus is saying to us, don't disregard those that are at some distance. I think he is saying, but serve those in need here. Yeah, give to the Lutheran world hunger appeal, but you have children hungry right around the corner. Fill those buddy bags. Don't stop filling them. Finally, Jesus says, without cost, you have received Now, Paul puts it this way in our gospel reading this morning. He says, while we were still weak, at the right time, Christ died for the ungodly. Indeed, rarely will anyone die for a righteous person. though perhaps for a good person, someone might actually dare to die. But God proves his love for us in that while we still were sinners, Christ died for us. You and I are the recipients of God's love and grace. God had no consideration for cost when he sent Jesus to redeem us. God did not ask a thing from us. When God looks at you and me, no cost is too great. On a personal note, you know that I'm a father. I have two children, Katie and Timothy. There is not a thing in this world I wouldn't do to help and protect those two. And I think if I can love so much as an earthly father, how much more so our heavenly father who created us. We have received without cost. You and I, we couldn't pay the bill. God does it for free. He bears the expense. Without cost, you receive, says Jesus. Now, without regard to cost, you are to give. We are to spend our lives, spend our time, spend our possessions unashamedly, without reserve, holding nothing back as we serve others in God's name. And this, my friends is the hardest part of the whole thing. This is where things get really tough. Not just for us disciples today. It's been this way since those first 12 were sent out. So much so that Jesus and Matthew's gospel will go into great detail in the coming weeks on the cost of discipleship. To be honest with you, today's gospel reading was an abbreviated reading. We only read about half of the gospel that was appointed. The second half goes on to talk about what they're going to encounter when they're sent out. And it's not a pretty picture. Brother will be against brother, father against child, and so forth and so forth. To be honest, our gospel readings for the next two months at least, I looked ahead, for at least the next two months, every single gospel reading is going to deal with resistance to the gospel, resistance to the kingdom, and the cost of discipleship. We are going to get hammered. Jesus simply says here in our gospel reading, as he sends the others out to do what he has been doing, he says, don't hold back. Don't hesitate. Do whatever it takes to get the job done. Don't do it with an eye for what it's costing you. You graciously received from the hand of God, and it didn't cost you a thing. And that is the way you are to give. You know what it's like to receive from the hand of God. Why would you not want others to receive the same thing? In our Old Testament reading this morning, Israel has just been delivered from the hands of the Egyptians. They have fled Egypt. They are encamped at the foot of Mount Sinai. And while they're in camp there, God says to the Israelites, I have saved you for a reason. I created all the peoples of the earth, but you, you Israel, are my chosen. You are my very special. You will be for me a kingdom of priests. You will be a holy nation serving the rest of the world. We, the church today, we are that new Israel. We are to be God's holy people in this world, bringing the reconciling love of God to all who cross our path. You and I, we are those laborers that Jesus prayed for so long ago. We have been in a continuous line of God's response to that prayer Jesus prayed for God to send us, and here we are, by golly. Without cost we have received, and without cost we are to give. May God fill us with compassion time and again, and may he send us forth as willing companions working in his kingdom. My friends, the harvest is great. Amen.